Live from Colin Samuel sure is a fatty, it's the Vocal Minority Podcast. Vocal minority fans, are you all as jittery as we are? A week without TFC leaves us all at odds. So, welcome back and welcome to another hour of fun, frivolity, and footy. Yes, I said an hour, Simon. Uh, on the slab today, we take a look at the season so far, get a V-Cup report from a special guest, as well as our usual bits and bobs. So without further ado, here's today's panel. He spent his bye weekend testing out new sticks to shake at the young'uns, Perfecting his yell from the porch and seeing just how high his pants can be pulled up. Joining us as always is the managing editor of Waking the Red, Duncan Fletcher. Hello. He claims that he didn't cheat on TFC with his beloved FC Dallas. The monitoring device we have planted on him confirms he only made it to the airport. Instead, he practiced his memeing, searched for obscure 80s songs, and sang the blankety blank theme as a lullaby. <laughs> as always is our guru of graphics and match reporter from the Yorkies, Mark Hinckley. What did I do? To piss you off, to keep bringing up this Dallas. Sanchez. He travels relentlessly to watch Voyager's Cup games, sacrificing sleep and what little sanity he had in the process. His painstaking research results in some of the most thorough footy articles you will ever read. He is simply James Grossi, or New Tony. Hey, how's everybody doing? Whereas I spent the bye weekend crafting new slogans and signs for the upcoming match against the Revs. Off with their mids and let them eat turf is as far as I got. Uh, but I am, as always, your host, Kristen Knowles. So, all in all, a very productive bye weekend for the VMP crew. And now, on with the show. Alright. Well, folks, it has been, uh, I was going to say a long two months hasn't even really been two months six games but that's our our season so far and we've had we've had the bye week we've had two bye weeks and we've got this bit of disjointedness coming up with may with the voyagers cup matches and stuff but it sort of feels like a good time for a bit of a season review so having watched analyzed and painstakingly reviewed each and every tfc match so far this season um although as i said six games that's it does this crazy schedule uh we are learned panel Trust us, we're learned. Learned? Oh, Ooh, yes. Fancy. We have come to some conclusions regarding our Reds. Some startling, some not. But let us begin the dissecting. Results. Better or worse than expected? Uh, overall, I'd say better. I mean, going back to the start of the season, I think I predicted we'd have about 11 points after the first 10 games. So, you know, definitely on schedule to do better than that. It's a bit disappointing the way it's happened. You know, the good start and then it's kind of dropped off. But overall... This is better than I thought we would be. I'm going to say uh, worse than expected, but with the injuries, it's a total pass. I think if it was a completely healthy squad, I think some of those some of those losses would be at least a draw. Uh, I can think of at least one game that would draw possibly even a win. So it's a pass. I get why this is the way it is. So uh, once everybody gets healthy, back on course. Um, I'd say it's about where I expected them to be, but how it's come to this point has been a little bit unexpected. Uh, the fact that they've lost the game at home, I didn't foresee that happening, especially against the Colorado side, who, while they've been good, haven't been spectacular. 
the loss in Salt Lake was sort of to be expected, whereas winning in Columbus, I don't think anybody really foresaw them putting in such a strong performance given the injuries that they came in with. I, I went with better, even though we did expect a lot given how the team is built. But with the injuries, the travel, and the schedule, I'm going to take this. I'll, I'll take this record pretty much any day, uh, at least with this this year. Next year, maybe not. Maybe higher expectations. Um, but that first game in Seattle, I think, kind of had us all, ooh, look at us. Mm-hmm. We are so much better than we thought. And then back to earth. Yeah, and you mentioned the schedule. That's definitely something in who we've played so far. All the Western teams are the top four in the West, and then it's first place in the East and third place in the East. So, you know, all in all, I've got nine points from it. It's uh, not too shabby. We've got three of our Western away games out of the way. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Uh, I think it's also important to remember that this first phase of the season is going to be... It's, it's strange. There's so few games... Then the World Cup break comes, and for a team that's been so heavily renovated, their season is really going to be determined by how July goes and how August goes. And that compact bit of the schedule is going to be really telling as to where this team actually is within the league. Indeed. Agreed. Good job we've thrown a friendly in there. A friendly's (laughs) like a day off. That, that's when they'd be doing the hard days training anyway, right? They, they have it all Kevin, hey, when did you get here? Yeah. We get to see Jordan Hamilton start. Come on. <laughs> Recall all the... Uh, the, the, the loan sharks? The loan sharks. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, hell. Let's just bring Wilmington up. Now we're talking. I would go with that. I would say sign Gabe Gala to a one-day contract. Oh, yes. Tug at the heart. But Well, he has to check. You know, Does he have a house to sell that day? No, it's a good, good idea. Let, let's good bring a whole bunch of guys back. Yeah? Oh, yeah. So like Galler and Lombardo. Lombardo. Sure he isn't doing anything. I'm sure he isn't. Yeah. Oh, can we bring back Solzmo for that day? Yes. Sure. Usinov. Yeah? Oh, Definitely Usinov. Totally Usinov. All right. Well, then. Tactics. Ta- style and tactics. Thoughts on whether or not this is good? I feel that their tactics have gone better than expected. It's good to have the talent that supports the counterattack style. Trying it last year was excruciatingly painful for many, many periods of match day. Now, now that they can have somebody who can run the middle of the pitch properly, uh, they have quality support running the wings and one or two hitmen who know what the area is. Was it twenty-four feet wide in the middle part to go through there? Um, I, I feel that uh, that that this strategy can work with the with the roster that they have. One or two hitmen? Aren't you generous? One? Is he? Is yeah, is he the other one, actually? actually. <laughs> 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 it's not. Not. Uh, not that's for sure. Or Gilberto. Does it say who? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> they were kind of sorry. Yeah. It's not Gilberto. That's for sure. Were you with Lewicki on his on his bye week? Oh yeah, we were. We were going to various players' wineries. It was great. <laughs> it does sound like a good time. Yeah, the French players, not as good as the wine. Uh, Go uh, figure. disappointing. Mm. James? Or sorry, new Tony? <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's been all right. We One of the things that I really wanted to see from Ryan Nelson this season was how he took the next step in his management. Sending a team out there with a plan is one thing, but adapting to the game and bringing on... We, we still haven't seen him bring on a substitute that's changed a match 
for the better. And then when he sends Andrew Wiedemann out there, he's running around like a chicken with his head cut off, getting directed all over the place. That's a hell of a compliment for Wiedemann. Yeah, I can't think of it. I know, I was trying I'm to sure think of it. I'm sure but there must have been one. Well, it was good to see Jordan Hamilton <coughs> yes, come on, didn't. but I mean, that was indeed. Well <laughs> to, be, to be fair, he hasn't had a lot of options with the injuries that have been coming in, but... And, yeah, I'm talking of adapting. You know, we've got this game plan. It's worked very well. When Colorado came to town, and they were just doing the exact same thing and sitting back and inviting us to attack them. And Yeah, we did not look like we had any idea of how to do that. So, you know, probably a lot of teams are going to be doing that, especially when we're fully fit. A lot of teams at BMO Field are going to be sitting back and making sure that they don't make the mistakes and give up the counterattacks. Are we going to be able to break those teams down? We haven't seen that yet. To be fair, we haven't had that, the complete team to do that with yet. No. So that, that will make a difference. The Colorado game was as about yeah. as undermanned as they've been. Yes. Came at the exact worst time to see if, if, if they can. If they can do, you know, the other teams are starting to figure out what Nelson's main game plan is. Uh, so we'll see. Maybe we'll see on Saturday. Ooh. Foreshadowing. Mm. Dun, dun, dun. Narratives. Uh, best player. Are we all just going to say Michael Bradley? Yep. I wish I could disagree, but I can't think of anybody who's... We know Mark's going to say Michael Bradley, so... Jackson! <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, it's Bradley. <laughs> as far as fun to watch out there, Jackson oh, does deserve... Jackson's entertaining. Yeah. yeah. Everyone loves Jackson. Jackson got a good... Jackson got the skills of Peter Bills. That's what Jackson brings. Sometimes I wish we had, like, five Jacksons. Oh, too many Jacksons. Wait, would you say the Jackson 5? That's clearly what it was going for. Right? Sure well, one could say Shut it. <laughs> Why don't we just uh, get, could be seven, don't wait. forget, Janet and, exactly. and Latoya. I mean, that's... As long as they stuck to the fundamentals and didn't get too fancy out there, you know, the ABCs. <laughs> one, two, threes. <laughs> As soon as you started, I'm like, I'm going to do an ABC joke. I'm going to do an ABC joke. Nice. Well Fair. done, new Tony. Right. Old Tony has some work to do. Absolutely. Ah. Who's old Tony? I don't know. <laughs> some guy that used to mm-hmm. show up occasionally. I don't know. Uh, best non-DP player. All right, now we can actually discuss players. <laughs> Duncan. Um, I'd probably go with Justin Morrow. <laughs> Um, he yeah, he's just looked very good all around defensively. Helps out in the attack here or there. It's just like oh okay. He's, I think there was doubt beforehand is he going to be the guy who was an all star on the edges of the U.S. national team in 2012, or the guy that couldn't stick in San Jose's first team? And it's it's the all star dude. So hooray! New Tony. Oh, I, I haven't warmed to Moro as much as I'd like to, but that's probably just because he's keeping Morgan out of the team and. I haven't I haven't grown to appreciate that yet. Um, oh, you, you, you're I know it's harsh. It's harsh. I the nasty left well. back. I know, I know. Bloom has been has been solid and impressive. To bend the rules of the non DP legislation for this question, I'd say Julio Cesar has been. Uh, he's he's technically he's, not a DP. That's fine. Yeah. He's been a, a calming TFC influence. bent the rules. You're not bending the rules. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, uh, Bloom. I'm in the Bloom camp for this. You're part of Bloom's army? Uh, no. Mm. No, that's... Uh, flowers and military, I just don't see the connection. That's just weird. Give peace a chance, man. That's, it can't be an army, then. It's just a group. 
he's just been the surprise package like and and I think because my my level of expectation for the guy was just well he's a stopgap until whoever gets healed he does not look at a place at all and for a team that's had I've had so many wonderful combinations of backlines and this this guy's actually pretty solid I he's my surprise he's my favorite you said you don't like flowers and war. How do you feel about cartoons and war? Like the Toonami? Oh, brilliant. I watched G.I. Joe as a kid. Huh? Okay, okay. Toonami works. Yeah. Magpies. So. All right. I, uh, yeah, just tomorrow. Far exceeded my expectations, uh, similar to what Duncan said. I was concerned, but I... I love watching him play. I'm very impressed by his by just by his intelligence when he plays. Actually, you can tell he's really watching everything that's going on. He isn't just reacting, but is plotting what he's doing, which which is refreshing. Mm-hmm. I think you've got full on mononucleosis. I do indeed. It's worth saying that from what we've seen of Daniel Henry and Jonathan Osorio, if they had been fit, I think they'd be. They'd be up there with the rest of these guys. That's as fair. Far as I would, yeah, how I would, they've played. I'm a big fan of Astoria lately, so. Indeed. All right, moving on. Uh, most surprising player. Take that any way you like. I couldn't really come up with one. I put down three. Uh, Bloom, for reasons previously stated. Moral, in the same way that you support him. I also put Bradley in, and, and I put him in because I don't watch Syria, I don't watch U.S. men's national team. Canada to watch, and that makes me sad enough. Um, <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. Like, sure, he's got the Syria pedigree, and he's been a good player for Roma for the last couple seasons. So I kind of had to just take it on mm-hmm. just the facts. Well, he's probably good. I had no idea he was going to be the engine that he has become in six games. It's unbelievable. So, yeah, he's my shock. Um, I thought Jackson. He's done you would Jackson. Yeah. Um, I know like various comments from Dallas fans they weren't particularly sad that he's left, but uh he's he's really contributed, I think, since he got here. He's he's got there's a certain energy and enthusiasm and drive that he brings, which uh, brings something to the team. So he's done better than I thought. Yeah, I'm I'm quite fond of Jackson too. I, I knew he was gonna be a second or two <laughs> the Jackson. Double thumbs. <laughs> Vince Jackson. I knew he was always going to be five seconds away from a red card when he got here, but he's he's been he's been a real driver <laughs> on that flank. As far as who who gets my vote, I guess I'd have to split it between two Canadian guys because that seems to be a theme that I'm going with. Is Kyle Becker? I know you guys mm-hmm. all appreciate him vastly. I'm uh, a fan. I'm not <laughs> in the throwing under the buses of he's, Becker. I, he's done better than I would have thought. Well, stepping in for Bradley. Stepping in for Osorio, that's a pretty big ask for somebody who yeah. hasn't seen very many minutes. And then uh, Issy, or Issey. Issy, he's he's coming to the team, he hasn't needed time to adjust, he's coming, he scored goals, which is more than you can say for many other people. <laughs> <laughs> I uh-huh. sense this is leading somewhere. Foreshadow. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I, I put, uh, can I just mm-hmm. put Justin Morrow for everything? <laughs> I really like this guy. Uh, yeah, for me, it's just tomorrow with a. I'll throw Jackson in as my. I agree as well. I am surprised that he has not been suspended for half of the games already. So good job, Jackson. Give him and, time. Uh, give him time. Give him time. <laughs> it's coming. He's, he's Season's warming young. up. David Ferreira hasn't made him angry yet. So. 
Um, and keeping up with the with the with the good times. Favorite match? I think we know what New Tony's is, but we'll just uh, we'll go we'll go with the around the table anyway. Unless we all say the same thing other than New Tony, who will say. Um, I guess I'll go with the the one 0 win over DC. Home win. Can't really complain about that. All right. I'm gonna throw a curveball in here and say the three nothing loss at Salt Lake. Oh. Okay. Explain it yourself, New Tony. Um, go on. Do you know what masochism is? <laughs> I'm not sure if you guys are aware of this, but the the NBA playoffs are going on at the moment, and Toronto has a tendency to bandwagon hop onto whichever team is supposed to be doing well at the moment. And so that loss in Salt Lake, Toronto was that danger of getting an inflated ego, which is there's a, still a lot of work to be done. And to, to get your ass handed to you at one of the team's best, at one of the league's best teams was a worthwhile lesson at this we're, point. We're going to look back at that, but at the end of the season, we're going to look back at that point and say, yeah. Lessons right to be there. learned. Mm. Remember what Tony said? Yeah. Yes. And I am a bit of a masochist. So. That, that insight is... Um, you, you just love the Rastafarian, you know, Cal Beckerman said, that <laughs> whole thing. Cal <laughs> Joseph. Yeah. Marcus? Game versus Columbus, because, you know, everyone else kind of just jumped off that one. Um, simply because it was a result I was not expecting to get with all the injuries. So uh, that was kind of like, oh, holy crap, that, that, that happened, hey. I was, and I was expecting the bottom to fall out at every moment, but it didn't, so do know that. No, that one felt good. I, I uh, had forgotten what it was like to win a TFC game. I didn't know what to do with myself afterwards. I was walking around the house. Shaking my hands. Jazz hands. I should be swearing. <laughs> I should be swearing and drinking. This does not feel right. <laughs> For me, uh, I was going to go with the home opener, but then I just went back to winning at Seattle because, god damn it, there are a few things in this world that please me more than beating Clint Dempsey. <laughs> and Seattle as well. I don't like them very much, but just seeing that pissed off petulant look on his face oh it just makes me so so happy plus you know went on the road points blah 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 great start to the season but no that made me really happy a spring in your step and a song in your heart it, indeed it did <laughs> it was very lucky that we played them when they did because uh, somebody at the site wrote that this could be the launching point of clint dempsey's resurgence and uh it seems to have been proved right very well, I, I believe it's, that I, it's all about the tap to Mac Bloom. I, I, and <laughs> I think Bloom's lucky chance. <laughs> the lucky Bloom. I believe that Kurt Larson listens to our little podcast because he made reference to something like that uh, just the other day, mm. stating that Clint Dempsey hadn't gone on a you know scoring run after his little encounter with Bloom's package there. The lucky mm-hmm. package, indeed. All right, now on to some perhaps less than fun things in our review. Uh, Joe Belto. Is he uh, is he the goods or is he just our most recent Barrett, Brocky, VT, etc., so on and so forth? It's the Barrett thing. That's <laughs> He's the one who wrote it, so he can't complain. Oh, what's your um, setup now? Yeah. <laughs> if if he can be 2010 Chad Barrett, then you know that'll be uh, that'll be just fine. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's he's done some good things and. It's, again, a little harsh to judge because you know, I think he's looked best. The one game he had where he looked best was against DC where he's with Jermaine Defoe and you know, hopefully Defoe being back will help him out. And you know, it, There's certain things he brings, but I think you know, as a DP you've got to be bringing goals and 
when all your other DPs are injured, then you should be stepping up and making a difference, and you know, he hasn't really done that yet. I do agree it would have been nice to, to get him off to a quick start, but it's we never know how, how well somebody is going to adapt to coming to a new league, to different travel plans, different climate, different language. Like There's a lot of obstacles in the way, and I think he's shown enough that it's not time to panic yet or put him in those categories with 2009 Chad Barrett. <laughs> like to see more, definitely. Said with a certain amount of emphasis. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember much of 2009. He wasn't good. <laughs> I'm going to go with that. Uh, it's kind of looking like that may be the case. Now, I want to see him have a game where he gets four or five legit chances at goal. And if he shanks them all... And the answer is yes. I don't remember one clear opportunity where he had to go and it flew nowhere near anything. It's all, He's always under pressure or it's a terrible angle, at least the ones that I can think of. So it's not quite the same. He's causing he's causing havoc for some defender. So it's not he's not contributing the way that we expect a guy who's on DP money to do. But it's been five games. Shouldn't he have had those chances by now and been... I think part of it has to do with service and what he's being asked to to do. Now, I think that Ray not being out there is having an effect because the couple was only two games that they've actually had a chance to play together. From what I could see, they were forming a nice little, they had a nice little understanding, a nice little partnership. And I think right now he needs that. I think he needs someone who understands how he's playing, not that you cater your entire team to one player. Well, except for that we do, but um, we like to pretend that we don't. Just one big team. Everyone does whatever we need to do. Uh, well, for I, what it says. <laughs> Red threads and whatnot. Mm. Mm. I dropped that pretty quick, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I do think that there is... I don't think it's time to write him off yet. I think there is an opportunity for him to still produce by the end of July. I give, him, I give him a whole season. The only reason that the it's... A whole season? Well, because you invested in this guy. you got to give him a chance to, to see what he can do. And the one thing that you have to say is that, considering his pedigree, he's a lot more sturdy than some of the guys that we've seen come in. Agreed. Like, he's, uh, he's getting up when he gets fouled in the box. He's got legs like tree trunks. He's throwing himself about out there with some big center backs. So, I mean, those are all positive signs. He's not shirking from any. Agreed. The downside is we lost Lava because of him. So mm. when you when you weigh it through that <laughs> you lens, had, you had to do it. why did you do that? Um, I don't like you, New Tony. <laughs> I don't want a podcast uh, anymore. New Tony giveth. And <laughs> 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 All right, uh, Julio Cesar, is he worth it? <sighs> really? Yeah, I, I don't know. I I can't say there's. In terms of where he's come out and really impressed me, I don't think like oh, we would have completely lost that if it wasn't for Cesar. Right? I mean, his save percentage is like I think sixty something percent. It's nothing special, really. I, eh. It's hard to it's hard to evaluate what a keeper brings to a team. Like, would Toronto's defense have been as sturdy as they have been at times without the confidence that having a the Brazilian national team World Cup keeper behind you gives you. He hasn't been called upon to do anything too spectacular. He made a couple of really good saves in Dallas that were like, oh, that's why you're going to the World Cup. Yeah. 
but I, I don't think you can discount the the assurance that a, a center back gets that when you hear a shout from your keeper that he's coming to get the ball, you know that he is going to get that ball because he would not underestimate what he could and what he couldn't do. And Bendik, as as much as he was fantastic last year, he's a young keeper. He hasn't had as many games as one would like to pin all of the hopes that the team has on this year solely on his back because you never know if he's going to take a step back if he needs a season or two to to find out what kind of player he is. So if you can bring him in as cheap as they have, the more the merrier. From marketing, uh, yes, he's he's been worth it. No, marketing, it's yeah, old. Just like when you Brazil's starting lineup, Julio Cesar. You parade out, yeah, you parade out three DPs, the prodigal son, right. and yes. the Brazilian keeper. That looks amazing on any press release, on any piece of advertising, on any article written about them. It's just, wow, these guys have changed. Plus, I think like some TFC games have been on TV in Brazil, or at least well, I already know of streamed one at least, if not on Toronto TV, fan in Brazil. Oh, when Torsten Frings came here, I met well, the uh, president of the Torsten Frings fan club in Brazil. Oh, yeah. well, nice. Yes. And when he stopped laughing, what did he say? Because <laughs> where is this Toronto? What does the F stand for? Fagundes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, many different definitions over many different seasons. As far as uh, for Cesar is keeping, I would say not really. I'm kind of of the belief that that though you know, James, you make you make a lot of solid points about about his confidence, what he brings to the game. I find that with MLS, there is an absolute wealth of very talented goalkeepers. More so than any other position that this league can possibly offer. And, and it's possible for you to have, for a club to have two starter quality keepers where one can take the other one's job at any point in time. So, as a necessity for the position, I would still have been comfortable having Bendik as the number one. See, I lean more towards what Newtony is saying. I'm, I think it's been well worth it. I don't have the same confidence in Bendik. I think he would have been an okay option. I would have been. I wouldn't have not been saying, "Oh dear gods, we've got Bendik in net all season. We're, we're doomed." But I think there is a complete. I think there's a big difference in uh, in the confidence, yeah, that you have in your keeper. And I think there's a difference in how that back line plays, knowing he's back there. And uh, I think it's it's just it's another level. And I watch how almost casually he does things that I think other keepers are like, oh crap, I should do this. Whereas it's just done. You don't even think about it. It's, it's, it's natural for him. We're not paying a gazillion dollars for him. So for the price, absolutely 100% well worth it. But I also think for what he brings to the team right now, I, I do think there's a difference. And I think we would have had different results if Bendik had been in net. I think he could work on his distribution a little bit. Who can do Absolutely. No, Julio says that. Julio Cesar. Julio. Sorry, my Portuguese and Spanish. <laughs> I knew that, too. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, I mean, you talk about that. The cap, it's not that much. But what else could we potentially be doing with this 200000 we're spending on Cesar? We're, now we're spending a lot of money. Are you thinking of More than the league average on goalies. Could have Chad Barrett back here for that Way, cool 200K? Yeah. Probably could. In light of Wiedemann? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Ryan Nelson. Has he convinced you that he can lead this team? Should he get the whole year? Are you completely unconvinced? Do you want him on the next Greyhound bus out of town? Absolutely. His biggest issue uh, to me has always been personnel, not tactics. I mean, granted, you, you get any set of tactics and you stick to them. 
with the right talent, you, you can make anything work. If you know what you need and you can get that to build towards making your system work, it'll work. And, you know, replacing a lot of the, the leftover parts that he inherited has been a big factor in this looking like a team that can threaten to score at any time rather than the, wow, that wow, that looked like it almost went in. Oh, it did go in. Hey! Like, there was the accident factor kind of, the surprise factor. Like, every goal, is, well, not every goal, but a lot of the goals that they scored last year seemed to be like, oh, hey, look, we scored. Instead Where did of, that come from? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How did they manage that? No, none of it Wait was... Wait a minute, at the back post. <laughs> is this... In a monsoon? What? <laughs> To me, he's he's got the personnel. I'm I'm sure there's there's still some purging to come, but for the most part, right now I feel the system works. His personnel, when it's healthy, will make it work, and he will be fine. Um, I'm still unconvinced. I'm basically I don't really feel like I've changed my opinion since the start of the season. I think obviously injuries don't help, and yeah, I I know I'd like to see you know was with a full team and doing a bit more than, than what we've seen already, really. I would be disappointed if he didn't make it through the season. I think I think one of the things that is different about getting a, a rookie coach or even a coach who wasn't even finished playing at the time is is we're not seeing somebody who has a fully developed system. He's He's still learning on the job. So if we were to start over now, you'd essentially be giving up on this season, giving up on any progress that was made last season, bringing in a new coach, getting new players. Like it just doesn't make sense to me. Sometimes you gotta, you gotta, you have to stick with what you've decided and see what happens. But give that's him, not give him the TFC way. Well, you can always change your culture, especially when you're eight years old. I sort of in between, I guess, Duncan and you, Tony. In that, I, I'm not ready to give up on him yet. Uh, currently, I don't see a reason not to give him the full year. I do question his his subs sometimes, his time management uh, in the in the late parts of the game. But I'm planning to reassess at the World Cup break. Uh, but yeah, I, I I and I do agree with you. Just if yeah, the team needs to stick with something just once. <laughs> Try it. See if just, something just, new just works. Just to see what you think. Just commit to this. Just do it. Play the play the hand that you've been dealt. Do we have to talk about RSL and their their core? About how yeah. terrible they were in Jason Christ's first season. Oh man, <laughs> superstar. Praise be upon him. Yes. Uh, what's the team's biggest need? Six games in. Hamstrings. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's hamstrings. Uh, that is the correct answer. Pick it up. <laughs> You've controlled more. Surely we can just like keep signing these random young players. They're hopeless. They're never going to make it to the team. Sure we harvest don't. their hamstrings. We release them. Bring in a new one. Harvest the hamstrings. Release them. And just they'll be well available. compensated yeah, for their loss. Yeah, absolutely. So what you're saying is. What the team's biggest need is stem cell research. <laughs> or Dr. Frankenstein. One of Dr. Moreau? Someone must Dr. have a... Moreau? No. Hey. We do have an island. So, so I think... Yeah, that's true. Well, it's just a training center. But <laughs> It's a training island. Yeah, I, I think I think the stem cell is... is uh, that's what we need. I'm changing my answer. Stem cell <laughs> research. In the field of hamstrings. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. Specific yeah. Bracket. We don't want them to misuse this technology. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There. Okay. Hey, everybody, ask me. <laughs> <laughs>
Mark, what, what is the team's biggest need six games in? Stem cell research, bracket, hamstrings. <laughs> okay. Specific. Um, I'll go with more depth at forward. And presumably Defoe is not going to be here all season. Well, presumably he'll be here. Maybe injured, maybe off at the World Cup, whatever. Um, yeah, it'd be nice to have you know, other options than, well, we we go with just one up front or we bring in Wiedemann. I said goals and another defensive midfielder. I think that's been not to rain on Kyle Becker's parade. I'm not going to rain all over Jeremy Hall and his uselessness, but... Uh, I know. And that well-groomed beard. And the well, well, the, well, the beard. Hey, he, he can wear the beard proudly. And he, he, he obviously loves his mom. He shows up very well in the, in the, in the, in the videos. That's, that's nice. Nice boy. Pat, pat. I will have but, none um, of this ragging on beards, just so people are aware. <laughs> Sorry, were we supposed to give you the it's best audio. beard It's You could have been clean-shaven for all anyone knew. <laughs> Fourth okay. wall, I'm, you've ruined I'm, the mystique. I'm, I'm, I'm only half against it, by the way. <laughs> Just a little bit. But yeah, that's my, uh, yeah, clearly they need to score some more goals. And yeah, I think the midfield needs some help. Well, TFC didn't play this past weekend, but we, your humble servants at VMP, spent many hours on the couch staring at MLS Live and paying occasional attention to some of those other teams. You know, because we're professional like that. So here to update us on all the goings-on is Duncan with wins and losses. Duncan? Thanks, old Tony. Uh, starting once again uh, with the merry band of teams that just can't win. Uh, a group that's now sadly down to two. Um, San Jose left this group. They got the win that you'd expect them to over Chivas. Uh, 1-0 courtesy of a goal by uh, Yannick Jalo. As a Portuguese winger, new to the league this year, and he looks like the epitome of the, the tricky winger. And he hasn't really played much. They prefer like Shea Salinas and Tiba Harris uh, out on the wing. Um, but you know, if he can get playing time consistently, and he's not a one in sixer, then he is uh, <laughs> definitely a player to watch out for sure. What um, is his name again? Uh, Yannick Jalot. Jalot? Yes. Is that Portuguese for lamb? Does anybody know this? <laughs> it might be. I say, is there always room for him? I very much enjoyed the, the goal that call from the hilariously Homer San Jose broadcasters. Hello, everybody! Uh, <laughs> Seriously, what they said after he scored. Oh, Americans. Uh, the thing is, it kind of fit in because, like, with what he did, you know, he wasn't, like, running around, or whatever. He basically just stood there and kind of threw his arms out and as if he was basically saying, Hello, everybody! <laughs> so it actually fit quite well, the whole. Uh, <laughs> Still, celebrations worth looking up. Um, Montreal also left the winless group. They beat a uh, a pretty crappy Philadelphia team 1 0, uh, thanks to Felipe and a horrible rebound given up by Zach McMath. Um, Philly and Chivas, they do have one win, but they've now both gone seven games winless, streaks of their own now. So uh, they're tied with Chicago, who had a bye week, but they are still behind Portland, who have now. Made it up to eight games uh, without a win. They just uh, keep on going. That's bizarre. I lost that fool. Oh, huh? like I would not have believed that. Watch the behind the supporter shield this year. It's just <laughs> <laughs> not ruling anything out. Oh no, no. season is young. Mm-hmm. This week they they drew one one in Houston, uh, who were themselves winless in six after winning their first two games. And you know, in itself, that's not a bad result really. But uh, the ongoing sucking means they stay very much in the loser column anyway. 
Um, this week, at least, they're joined, oddly enough, by Real Salt Lake, who are the only remaining unbeaten team. Definite losers this week. You asked last week, Mark, does Nick Romando ever have a bad game? Well, yes, yes, he does. About bloody time. Um, yeah, 2 0 up, cruising home, and uh, in the 86th minute. You know, not that the Vancouver Whitecaps have anything to do with 86 at all. No, no. 40 straight years of Whitecaps. No, no 86. No. For goodness! The 86ers, Hamilton mm. Steelers. <laughs> uh, anyway, the 86 minutes, uh, it's like Romando gave up a, a soft rebound for the first goal and then. Uh, in about four or five minutes into injury time, let in a shot from 35, 40 yards out that was really quite saveable, and uh, he let that in. Um, that's actually the third time now in eight games that Salt Lake have uh, let in an equaliser in the 90th minute or later. So, yes, they're unbeaten, but you know, they should be just running away with the league. But Snatching it. Snatching a draw from the jaws of victory. So, Tobias exactly. moved to, to Utah. To, Tobias has moved to Utah, yes. Good riddance. Yeah. Well, For now. <laughs> that was very evil, new Tony. Moving on to the winners for this week, where there's obviously Seattle with like, uh, Dempsey and Martins and nah, uh, Dave Hammond, Colorado for one. But uh, instead, we'll go with DC. Yay! Who, uh, Hammond, Martins, Dallas for one. And Piss <laughs> off, dunk. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, DC now have a five-game unbeaten streak and uh, third in the East, so you know, good for them. Um, not so much good for Dallas. Uh, we talked a few weeks back about like, the look that they've been getting with various decisions and all that. And Karma uh, got them this week. Now, two players sent off, and uh, Mauro Diaz, their best player, is subbed off, may or may not be injured, who knows. So um, things are, are getting worse for Dallas, which is a Yay! shame. Um, we'll end this just one final word for uh, Dominic Aduro, who uh, shaved and coloured the side of his head uh, to look like slices of pizza. Uh, he still has zero goals this year, but hey, check out the hair. Well done, Dominic. Fantastic. And uh, that's this week's MLS Winners and Losers. Back to you, old Tony. Thanks, Duncan. As we briefly mentioned last week, it's Voyager's Cup time. Yay! Hooray! TFC don't play until next week against perennial losers, the Whitecaps, but <laughs> they're Sanchez. They are the newest entrant to the biggest tournament in Canada. What it is? The Ottawa Fury. Ooh, they're That's furious. Sick. They played last week, and lucky for you, our listeners, we have a Voyager Cup viewing expert on hand to tell us all about the wilds of Ottawa. It's new Tony. Uh, yes, I took advantage of a TFC off week and a $2 bus ticket up to Ottawa to go up and see the opening leg. Yes, $2. That's, a deal. That's the only reason why you go to Ottawa is a $2 bus ticket. <laughs> it did help in well the decision played. making. Uh, to check out the Ottawa-Edmonton game in the opening volleys of the 2014 Voyagers Cup sponsored by... I forget. Kid. <laughs> just, working perfectly just, exactly <laughs> good job marketing team impactful sponsorship mm-hmm. um, it was it was a good trip it was worth going up there perfect uh, starting with starting with the game itself it was it was about what you would expect from two NASL teams that have a game or two under their belt and have a bunch of new players uh, I think Ottawa just signed their most recent guy two or three weeks ago so there wasn't a lot of cohesive play going on, and then the combination of a howling northern wind and a 
bouncy college football pitch did not make for the most beautiful passages of play. (laughs) (laughs) There was the occasional, and by that I mean regular, long ball hit for somebody to chase, only to go over a hill and towards the road. As there was one ball boy chasing them around, and he wasn't allowed to go close to the street. Uh, not without his mom. Was he five? Yeah, he looked about five. Um, so, so the play on the pitch left a little bit to be desired, but off the field, I, I couldn't help but be impressed with, I think the announced crowd was 2,411. It's not bad. Which for a midweek game that most people had no idea what competition it was in... <laughs> Is pretty good. I, I would wager that Toronto FC's crowd against Arabe Unido a couple of years ago was probably somewhere in that vicinity. And so for that many people to come out on Wednesday night and support their new team, have a good time, freeze their butts off on the cold, cold metal stadium <laughs> seats. Oh, was, yeah, that would suck. It was unpleasant, but it, but it was it was good to be up there. It was. I'm glad I went. The $2 bus ticket definitely made it fun. The bus ride home was horrible, but that's to be expected. <laughs> I'm getting a little bit too old for these 26-hour day trips, but uh, that the game ended scoreless, I think, sets up this Wednesday for an interesting for an interesting contest. Edmonton, you could tell they were a team that had a little bit more cohesiveness, and Hanson Boakai, while frustrating, is is really fun to watch. And so uh, we'll see what happens. I I wouldn't risk picking a winner from it, but one Come goal can on, win it. Up, man. All right, I'm going to go for Ottawa because they were such gracious hosts. All right. They won 4-0 on the weekend, didn't they? Yeah. Cohesiveness is obviously building. And they're they're a very young team. Like, basically every every Canadian kid that you've heard of that got drafted into MLS (laughs) in the last three years. Isn't it all Canadian kids? I think there's a big Brazilian. (laughs) (laughs) Welshman was not there, unfortunately. Uh, So not everyone... (laughs) Most of them. Drew Becky was there. Spent oh. last year with Columbus. Uh, Carl Haworth. 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 Mm. Carl Haworth was there. I saw Zakaria Masudi, the Montreal Impact Academy guy. Um, so they're a team that, that it'll be good to watch this season. See how they do. Was Eddie Edward playing for the Eddies? Did he make the team? I believe he was a sub. He was out there, and Lance Lang, his partner in crime, was impressive. He's an impressive guy. Kenny Edward, Lance Lang. And of course, two Canadian coaches dueling in a Canadian tournament. I mean, uh, what more could you want? More teams, but yeah. 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 What more could you want right now? Got me there. Give us a hundred years to build this up, and we'll see where it stands. We'll be at seven teams by now. <laughs> I will take in your criticism. And Halifax is still debating whether or not to build a stadium. So, uh, your game experience, uh, aside from metal bleachers uh, and, uh, and, and balls that tragically bounced onto the road, making it unsafe for ball boys, how was it? It was good. It, it's a small stadium. It, it's a college football ground. And I'll get on to the concerns about when they do move into Lansdowne later on. But on the whole, it was, it was friendly. It was lively. It, you know, knowledgeable fans. They weren't just clapping at everything. And Did they have supporters groups and such like? The supporters group was pretty small. What are they called again? The Bytown Boys? Bytown Boys. Yeah, so yeah. um, we were sitting, I was sitting pretty much right in the main stand. There was only one stand, so everyone was over on one side. And they had their supporters groups, the Bytown Boys, over towards one side. They had a good turnout, probably could have used a little bit more, but they had more than an ample supply of flags. 
Tim Hortons was selling coffee. Speaking of sponsors, oh. from coolers, it was it was all right. Coffee from coolers. Yes, it was a little strange. I'm going to. They had big that. things full of coffee. That they, were <laughs> they also had tea and hot chocolate, but the hot chocolate went pretty quick. I know it's this hard hitting news, but by the time. <laughs> and and. I tried to buy it. No bovril. I was severely disappointed. Oh, I would have had a cup of that. Yeah. Um, They were also sold out of scarves, which should indicate a question that speaks to me. Exactly. Um, I was rather disappointed. She said they would have more on Saturday, to which I just grimaced and walked away. (laughs) (laughs) I will come back. One of these days. I've got a two dollar bus ticket. But aside from my disappointment at not being able to get a scarf. Um, it does speak to the fact that they had a good crowd on Saturday. The folks are enthusiastic, and uh, I think the team's going to do well off the pitch. We'll see how they do on the pitch. Although, as Duncan mentioned, they did win on Saturday, which is mm-hmm. always a good start. I would be a little bit concerned. I drove past Lansdowne Park, I believe it's called, while I was up there, and the stadium looks massive. And if you have a crowd of 2,000 people in this giant concrete wall of the stadium it's gonna be a little bit awkward mm-hmm. but we'll give them time to grow and we'll see what happens and if you get a chance to go up there look for the two dollar ticket and it's well <laughs> worth the trip excellent well thank you Nishoni. Everybody, it's Bitchy Blanks. No, no, no. I'm, I'm waiting for the caca. Uh, <laughs> that's when the caca. Blankety blank. It's a remix. Nice. So, yeah, welcome, welcome to this installment of Bitchy Blanks. Uh, last week, we were looking for an injury-related uh, bitchy blank, and we had, while a week cannot go by without someone getting injured, surely this can only mean that both Joe Bendick and Chris Kanaka will get hurt from blank. Our winner, user submitted, comes from DW from the Waking the Red Forms. He's got Joe Bendick and Chris Kanaka will suffer injury by both using Stephen Fry's "Quote unquote lucky towel after a practice." Which <laughs> <laughs> brings up the question: What kind of injury do you get from using a towel, and how dirty is that towel? True. I mean, but come on, Malcolm. Come on, Malcolm. Do your job. Wash the fucking towel. The question I have is: Why didn't he just take it with him to Seattle? <laughs> why didn't they throw it away? If it's so lucky. <laughs> so let's go around the horn to see what we have, Kristen. Well, I put down that uh, they will collide, rushing to help Cesar carry his gear after practice and both suffer mild concussions. <laughs> nice. Very Benny Hill-esque. Well. Uh, I'm sticking with the Julio Cesar theme, and they're both going to get hernias from carrying Julio Cesar, because it's all about the World Cup for Cesar, and you know they're playing in Brazil, he's going to be... He's as one of Brazil's four captains. He's going to be parading the trophy to an adoring home crowd, 
carried on the shoulder of his teammates and he needs to work on his balancing on teammates' shoulders. So after every training session, uh, Bendik and Konopka do two laps with Cesare on their shoulder and they've both got hernias now. The important question, though, is who would sponsor the Julio Cesar mm. victory lap? <laughs> That's a good point. Little Caesars. Makes sense. <laughs> Rival pizzas. <laughs> Why not? New Tony, what you got? Well, seeing as they've both been out of the team for a while, they decided to use some of their free time to reenact some of their favorite scenes from various cop dramas. And Joe Bendick would hurl himself over the hood of the team bus <laughs> while Chris Kanopka provided cover only to be run over by the car that was speeding away, driven by Jeremy Hall. <laughs> now, Nelson, you would hope, would put a stop to this sort of chicanery, but, you know, team building, it's mm. early in the season. It's important, too. It's good to bond. On a very special all for one. <laughs> I could, Chris Kanaka. I could see I could see uh, Kanaka and Bendik in this situation looking at Nelson as oh he's just role playing the role of the captain. Obviously they're not gonna listen to him. Mm-hmm. You know. That's pretty good. I like that one. Uh, mine not nearly as as adventurous as that, but it's kind of along the same lines that, that both Chris and Duncan had, except they don't mention Julio Cesar. Julio um, We're talking about his cousin, yes. Spanish cousin. Yeah. <laughs> yes. While we cannot go by without someone getting injured, surely this can only mean that both Joe Bendick and Chris Kanopka will get hurt from third degree burns. Yeah, this is pretty much where it's going to end, unfortunately. Uh, hi, this is Mark from Vocal Minority, and as I was about to start editing our lovely little podcast, it turns out that whatever happened. Um, cost me the last hour of recording. Uh, we unfortunately lost some good stuff uh, in the preview uh, scouting report for the game against New England on Saturday, uh, TFC injury report, a bunch of other, you know, ridiculous, silly things that we like to do. I'd like to finish off the bitchy blanks. Uh, the bitchy blank that I had was, while we cannot go by without somebody getting injured, surely this can only mean that both Joe Bendick and Chris Kanopka will get her from third-degree burns trying to make the best cup of coffee for the gaffer while fighting off Jim Brennan. If you would like to submit your bitchy blanks, please do so via Twitter. Uh, you can find us at VocalMinorityPod, spelled V-O-C-L. You can also leave a comment at VocalMinorityPodcast.blogspot.ca or you can head on over to WakingTheRed.com and leave a, leave a response there. That would be wonderful. We'd like to give a very big thank you to James for filling in this week for for Old Tony or Tony Classic, however you want to remember that. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Grossi, spelled G-R-A-W-S-E-E. Kristen Knowles, who's done a wonderful job of running the ship, you can follow her at KZ Knowles. Uh, Duncan D. Fletcher, uh, still doing uh, still doing the editing thing. Uh, both of which are Waking the Red Riders. Uh, you can find Duncan on Twitter, at Duncan D. Fletcher. You can follow me, don't know why, you know, might be bored, but you can follow me on Twitter, at Ignartok, I-G-N-A-R-T-O-Q, and I swear one day I will get an easier Twitter handle. 
So we're going to fill the rest of the episode with leftover outtakes. Um, hopefully the context will not be lost. If you're a regular listener, hopefully you'll be amused by it. You just, oh yeah, I remember that was from that thing. Whatever. Uh, otherwise, um, hopefully next week we will not have the same technical issue. I'm going to have to start getting into the habit of saving on the regular rather than just making one large file. It was bound to happen at some point in time. I just didn't think it was going to happen now. Thanks again for listening. Leave comments. Follow us on iTunes. Thanks again for listening. And as always, get used to it, Toronto. We've got games coming up this weekend. Uh, Duncan, what's new in the scouting report? Bye week. Back to you, Tony. Thanks, Duncan. Bennett like Becker, Beckham, ben- and Bendick. Come on. Bendick like Becker. Bendick like Becker, because Becker takes all the corners. Oh, yeah. Becker. Bendick like Becker. Bendick like Beckham. Uh, Bendick oh, like I, said, Becker. I thought you said Bendick like Becker. See? Well, the, the, there's a lot of ways it could <laughs> Clearly, it's like, that's exactly what I said. Originally, we have is a matrix of movie titles that we just made. <laughs> Originally, I went with Bendick like Beckham, but maybe didn't enunciate properly. We need to get more players that that have the word bend in their name. <laughs> or, Beck. or Beck. Or Beck, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Bend it like Beck, and that'd be a really weird album. Mm. I'm a loser, baby. <laughs> That's TFC's there theme song. There you go. Nice. This all works. Somehow. Hi. When I fly into Columbus, Ohio, I always fly through the Randy Savage International Airport. They have got the one of the best valet systems in the eastern United States. Don't believe me? Why, ask a celebrity. Crew cat? <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> okay. Hey, guys. Hey, when they put me in a crate on a plane, I make sure it's all the way through Randy Savage International Airport. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Can you dig that? Globus International Airport. The only airport named after a wrestler. <laughs> Off the I-9. <laughs> Is wow. there going to be any giveaway with Kia branding on it? Because I think that might make the difference. I, don't think, I think they only give away... First game, last game, and one random game in summertime usually. There's always a Kia Toque in the last game. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a Kia Mesh Vest in July this year. <laughs> Mosquito netting? Kia. No, just like a nice yellow mesh like wife beater. That's where oh, all our sexy. TFC man nipples come out of the little holes. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. <laughs> Kia Hassless Chaps. Yeah. Oh, yeah. First now with more ass. Supporters. Kia, there's room in the back. Oh! <laughs> Damn. Kia, just check out those headlamps. <laughs> uh, eh, uh. 
All right, mm. moving right along. Speaking <laughs> of sponsors, we are going to try something a little different at halftime this season from the looks of it. With WrestleMania in the books, apparently a controversial WrestleMania for those of you that watch, uh, we've decided to put up a little pay-per-view worth match of our own. Ladies and gentlemen, this match is an eight-man tag match. Introducing first, from the Mile High City, at a total combined weight of 843 pounds, Hudson the Eagle, Marco Van Bison, Jorge El Mapache, and Franz the Fox, the Colorado Rabbids! Their opponents, at a total combined weight of 618 pounds, they are the Russian right hook Maxim Usinov, Jimmy the Bee, the Bimo Black Cat, and Jolanda Guzman, the Red Menaces! (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, this match was a classic. Plenty of technical mat wrestling. Jorge El Mapache and the BMO Black Cat performing some incredible aerial moves, but the finish, it was fantastic. Marco Van Bison went for an eye rake on Usinov, which the ref started warning Van Bison about dirty tactics. His teammates then came in, and Usinov started punching everyone in sight, including the ref accidentally knocking him out. <gasps> Once Usinov regained his sight, he paused long enough for Jorge to grab a folding chair and clock him in the back. Oh. Jorge kept taking the chair to the Black Cat, Jimmy the Bee, and De Guzman. Van Bison and Francis the Fox were just about to put Usinov in their finishing move, the Mile High Crash, which, for those of you who don't know, is a top rope DDT from France. While Van Bison holds the opponent up in a bear hug. Mm. And then the lights went out. Dirty. Explosion goes off. The lights come back on and standing in the ring. Oh my god! It's Rapid Man! Rapid Man! <laughs> the legendary original mascot of the Colorado Rapids. Who was forced into retirement by the front office. And ultimately replaced these four clowns. And he is pissed. And the crowd can't believe it. Van Bison puts their house up. And a look of fear in his eyes says it all. Friends tries to drop kick Rapid Man from the top rope. But sidestep and Robert Man gives Van Bison a flying forearm, sending him out of the ring. Hoy and Edson get double clothesline over the top rope, and then he knee drops friends. Robert Man just cleaned house, and the crowd is electrified. There's the breath that's coming to Robert Man hops outside of the ring, picks up the Gooseman, rolls him into the ring, who gets up, picks up Fraser Fox, and hits him in the head, bam, with the food building free kick. Gets the cover. One, two, Three! The good guys win! <laughs> the Guzman! And that is your wrestling roundup. <laughs> <laughs> Halftime is better this year. Oh yeah, no more running around after pizza boxes, folks. <laughs> I've got some booking. I'll stick around for that halftime show. Timbit's Battle Royal is going to be amazing. <laughs> <laughs>